What is going on, Joe Mamas and Joe Daddies? Today on Windy City Joe's, we are joined by a very special guest. His name is Travis Denning. And Travis, to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you a little secret to get started. Um, we've been, we've uh, interviewed a couple of people at this point. Our podcast has been like live since October, um, talking to music fans. And you are the individual with the most like liked and downloaded songs on my personal Spotify. I love it. Love to hear it. So not to break any hearts or anything out there, but I am a huge fan of yours. Uh, your music is a shit and we are super grateful for you to be sitting down with us. Thanks, man. Absolutely. I can't wait to get up there and, you know, and I think we're playing there in like two or three weeks at, at Joe's for the first time ever. I'm pretty excited, man. It's going to be a blast. Man, that's that's crazy that uh, it's the first time ever. Have you just been? To, have you been to Chicago before? Oh yeah, and, and we've we've played like Rosemont Joe's, but this will okay. be my first show at, at Joe's on Weed. But yeah, I've been to Chicago a handful of times. We did Lake Shake uh, back in the day, which I guess they they're not doing Lake Shake it's anymore. Are dead, they? dead. Unfortunately, bummer, man. I thought that was such a great great festival, and yeah, man, it's a fun little city. You know, I mean, I, I like. I always say it's like it's like New York, but not nearly as crazy and like eye bulging. Want to get the hell out of there? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a city where I'm like, oh, this is cool. I don't mind this. Right, right. Um, so you're for um, from Warner Robins, Georgia. I know I'm a little late here, but go dogs. Go go dogs. Hold on, I got you right here. Oh, there you go. Hold this up for the people at home. We're watching here. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess you were, um, you know, just a little happy with them winning the championship. Just slightly, you know, <laughs> you know, wasn't one of my worst days, that's for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think it was like a top three day of my life, and probably, you know, after a few going number one is up there, me getting engaged to my fiance. Nice way to get that in there. And depending on the day, I don't know which one's first. You know what I mean? <laughs> the top three, all in all. Um, so I saw you. Um, so you're talking to you're talking to Bobby Bones about like your three favorite beers, and I think it was an open one, a free one, and then a lawn cut or like mowing a lawn like beer, grass cutting beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then when the Georgia won, you shotgunned a White Claw. Yeah. A, what flavor was it? And B, you like. You stand up for us guys that sip on a white claw every now and then, and I appreciate you for that because they are refreshing every now and then. Yeah, I mean, I sip on a white claw more than every now and then, and I don't <laughs> really give a shit what anybody thinks. I mean, I think it's almost weird that people turn their nose up at an alcoholic beverage. I've never really had an alcoholic beverage that I thought was below me. You know what I mean? I mean, but I, but I will say it was mango because that's the greatest flavor. Oh, okay, and yes, yep. 
I was. We were out of beer. I will say I, I did plan on shotgunning a beer, and all we had left was some white claws. But yeah, you know, it's kind of it's interesting. I don't know why people get they're like, oh, white claw, that's sissy, that's sissy. I'm like, it's 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 just a drink, bro. It's all good, man. Yeah. Like whatever. I'm just not. I'm not going to discriminate against my alcoholic beverages. I'm just. Not <laughs> do Do you think there's a difference between like like in technique? with shotgunning a white claw versus a a beer because i feel like there's more carbonation yeah i think it's harder honestly i think it's like kind of cut kind of cuts all the way down the throat a little bit yeah Yeah. it's like it's like doing the the you know the smearing off ice thing it's like oh yeah everybody thinks that's easy until you have to do it and you're like oh my god this is burning the whole way it's like a sweet burn like a sugary burn so yeah i don't I mean, the best technique is to drink about nine before so you don't feel any. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best technique. That's perfect. What are uh, what are your like top three favorite like drinking games or even like tailgating events? I'm a big cornhole guy. I know that yes. some people call it bags. You, you know, either one. Um, I love to play cornhole. There's Millie. There's the cat. what's up, Millie? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, literally, the animals do not give a shit what I have going on in my life. They do not care. In fact, they try to they try to mess with it. Golly. Anyways, but I I feel like cats are worse than dogs at that too. Cats like, don't give a shit. Millie. There she is. Just look at Millie. She's like, oh, you're doing something cool. I'll just I'll just walk across here. Um, she's like, I, I see those sunglasses on the counter. I'm gonna bat that shit off here pretty soon. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Um, but man, I, yeah, definitely cornhole. Um, and then man, you know, thunderstruck's a pretty good one. I don't know if you guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and man, I don't know. I'm getting a little too old for the drinking games. I turned 30 this year. My, the bet, the best drinking game for me now is, uh, can I wake up before eight o'clock the next (laughs) (laughs) day? What? Okay. So. All right, so you're turning 30 this year. You've had a good um, good amount of years drinking. I guess, well, would you say the national championship night was the most you may have engaged, like, alcohol? Or, like, what's one night where you're just like, damn, like, I can't believe I woke up the next morning? Uh, I mean, probably still, it is, I mean, in recent history, it had been when, when after a few went number one. Yeah. I was uh, actually in my hometown. Uh, I was hanging out with my sister and brother-in-law and their family. And I, I went out to the local watering hole yesterday's bar and grill. It was a place I used to play, you know, before I moved to Nashville. It had all my friends there, like all my buddies. And, and like when midnight hit, we played after a few in the bar and went all crazy. Oh, man. And then what this, this is a great story. It's a great ending. But we – me and my best friend, my, his name's Brian Briggs. We've been best friends since high school. We actually lives in, he lives in Murfreesboro now, so we still see each other all the time. That's cool. We had to drive back to Nashville from Warner Robins, which is it's a five and a half hour drive, which is not bad unless you feel like the depths of hell hungover. Then it's like <laughs> you got to go through Atlanta, Georgia, which is the worst traffic. Then you got to go through Chattanooga, all this. So. It's bad, right? We stop and eat, and I'm just like, I mean, we're stopping every hour, it seems like, because we got to use the restroom or whatever, get a bite to eat, something to soak it yeah. all up. And um, finally, we get right outside of Nashville, and, you know, I look at him. I'm like, man, should we go to Broadway? <laughs> oh, my. I was like, let's go get one beer. 
yeah. at Broadway. And, and he's like, man, I don't, I don't know, buddies. I'm kind of tired. So I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, what are you going to do? You know, when you get home, I said, buddy, I think what I'm going to do is I might have one beer. I'm going to watch hell or high water. which is a great movie. And I said, I'm going to go to bed early. He goes, okay, cool. And we pulled up to my house and there's about 45 people there waiting to surprise me for a surprise party that my fiance put together. That's that is sick. That is awesome. So I did not get to watch Hell or High Water, but I did. I did, I did, uh, I did God damn it, Beyonce. <laughs> how, how dare you ruin my plans? Um, I do. I do want to get talking to your music and selfishly my favorite songs. So I kind of want to do like a rapid fire where I'm just curious about where the idea came from, like putting the lyrics together and then putting it out and like the story behind it. Uh, so mentioning after a few, I want to hear about after a few. Ooh, yeah, what you got there? God dang, dude. Cat jumped in a box. Golly, I'm just I'm so <laughs> God damn it, Millie. When I say we have a jungle here, it's ridiculous. Um, all right. So well, after a few, first off, what was the question again? Well, first of all, how many animals do you have? All right, we have a dog and two cats. <laughs> and 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 Bo Madison, she jumped in that box and was like three feet down there. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just and but like I told you, dude, if we're just sitting here hanging out and doing nothing, they don't give a shit. The second I gotta do a podcast an interview, Millie's like, let's get on the roof and jump off. <laughs> okay, sorry, back to the rapid fire after a few. Yeah, after a few, I just want to know like where the idea originated. Um, you putting pen to paper or like with who, and then it coming out, and yeah. So I wrote that song with Kelly Archer and Justin Weaver. Um two great songwriters, written a lot of songs with both of them. And essentially, Kelly came in, she had the title, you know, after a few. And prior to that, you know, everybody gave me hell and laughed because I was the long title guy. You know, I had yeah. David Ashley Parker from Powder Springs, like just long title. I was like, I need a short title. So after a few is perfect. And, you know, she started kicking around those ideas and, and, and she was like, I think it's just some kind of cyclical you know, this vicious cycle of a relationship that's it's toxic and it's got bad things, but the, the romantic side of it just always brings these people back no matter what happens. And so we really started chasing that after a few drinks, after a few texts, after a few minutes, after all, all these things. And um, I had the music to it. I kind of really wanted to write this, you know, four on the floor tempo thing, but like with a touch of, I mean, a touch of that Ronnie Millsap kind of almost not disco, but like the sounds of the 80s country with the synthesizers and the way the guitar is drawn. I was like, I want to combine all that with a little bit of ACDC, you know? And so we yeah. we wrote it. And as soon as I got the demo back, I knew I knew it felt like a hit. I just, I didn't know it was for me, honestly. Like I, I really wanted to send it to like Dustin Lynch. Like I, I was like, this sounds like a freaking DL song, you know? And mm -hmm. um, my, my soon to be a and R person, I didn't have a record deal yet. They, they heard it and they were like, you ain't sending that song to anybody. They're like, that's your song. And uh, I'm definitely glad I didn't send it to Dustin. Even, no even though it probably would have been a hit for Dustin. Sorry. DL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. You know? he'll, he'll be just fine. He'll, <laughs> yeah. he'll be just fine. <laughs> um all right i want to talk about abby a um i want to fast forward to the music video the music video is funny as fuck 
we were just watching it before <laughs> yeah we on. were just watching it do you still have the white coat the white leather coat with the strings well that's actually my soon to be father-in-law's jacket that's john michael montgomery's wedding jacket Ooh, okay so i awesome. i don't have the jacket anymore but it is at the montgomery's house it is <laughs> it is in a closet somewhere gotcha um all right so like where did abby come from and how did it originate um th this is like the one song i recorded that I, I didn't write a buddy of mine played me the demo i had a show in south georgia uh, he's like, you got to hear this demo. And he played it for me. And I was just like blown away. I mean, laughing my ass off. I thought it was hilarious, but it was, it was funny, but it still was really well written. You know what I mean? It wasn't like too like chuggy or, or cheesy. It felt like a badass like kiss my ass breakup song. Yeah. And man, it just, it hung around in my head for like two or three weeks. And I ended up, I, I knew who the writers were and I called one of their publishers and I was like, Hey, what, what's the deal with this song? Like, is anybody cutting it? And the answer was no. And I said, well, if they'll, if they'll let a nobody like me cut it, I'd love to have it, man. I was like, I think it's <laughs> awesome. And um, yeah, they let me cut it. And I mean, it just has become an absolute cornerstone in my live show. I mean, we, we closed with it, the whole brothers Osborne set. Wow. And uh, it's just, it, it did so much for my career without, I mean, it was not a hit at all. I mean, it didn't even chart on on the radio charts, and it it, it really just was a, it was a great next step forward for me as an artist. Isn't that interesting though? Like when a song specifically doesn't do well in radio, and then you go to a concert, and the fans are like, "Give it to me," you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I I think we're just we every day we're getting closer and closer to. I mean, we're pretty much in it now where how you discover music is is completely equal at this point you know what i mean like a hundred percent people still discover songs on radio right and honestly i'd say it's still the biggest place to discover new music as far as audience but now now you have instagram facebook and obviously TikTok. i mean youtube sirius xm the highway like there's so many cra and then of course the the playlisting on apple and spotify and amazon Dude, you can have a hit song in such a different way than what it used to mean, which I guess opens up the question, what the hell is a hit song? <laughs> you know, is it is it 50 million streams or is it I you know, I sold out this venue and everybody's singing this song. I mean, what what makes a hit song? I don't think it matters anymore. I think whatever I think whatever gets people coming out to shows and and loving you as an artist, I think that's just as important as a number one, you know. What what was it like uh, the first time you ever heard your song, your one of your songs play on the radio? Oh man, I was in Norfolk, Virginia. It was ninety seven three, the Eagle, uh, and I was opening up for Chase Rice at the Norva, and um, I thought that I had to do like a, a my the head of my label at Mercury Records, Damon Moberly, is the head of the promo staff. He's like, hey, we're gonna do a quick interview real quick um, in the car. We're sitting in the car and they got the radio on. He's like, yeah, he said he's going to call us right after this David Lee Murphy song. And he's like, damn, man, my phone ain't ringing. What the hell? Where's he calling? And in that moment, you know, I heard him on air going like, you know, everybody go to the Chase Rice shows, a new guy opening up for him. He's like, you probably haven't heard his music yet, but you're going to hear it right now. And they played David Ashley Parker and they got me pretty good. It was a total surprise and they were filming me and everything. And it was nuts, man. It's so 
it's so incredibly surreal. It's it's a it's just an amazing feeling, and it's man, it it doesn't change. It never changes. I mean, when when after a few was like top ten, top five, and climbing, you know, I heard it every single day I got in the car, and uh, it was so awesome. I definitely got that point where I was like, hell, even I'm tired of this damn song, but it was still. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what all artists want, right? You kind of want that. I think you want that song where people go, Jesus Christ, if I have to hear this shit one more time, <laughs> I'm going to take my truck into a bridge. I mean, you want a hit that that's that big, you know, and um, it's a special feeling, man. I mean, it's just for me, I look back on everything. I look back on playing shows in Warner Robins and, Tifton, Georgia, and Valdosta, Georgia, and, and just 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 trying to get on stage and like get people to look at us, you know, and like just have them enjoy the covers we were playing. And you think back to all that, and uh, it's really cool. It's very very cool. So, so piggybacking <clears throat> off of that, what was the like first time that you were playing a show and you were like, oh shit, they're singing along? That was, um, man, honestly. I think that was probably uh, Boston. It would have been March. I think it was March 1st, 2020, which is in that great. I mean, just right before the world ends. You know, <laughs> they finally start liking my shit. And, uh, we were on tour with Dustin Lynch after a few, I think was top 15 at this point. And both of the Boston radio stations had been playing the hell out of it. Like they were huge supporters from the get go. And we closed with it, and we hit that last chorus, and the the whole House of Blues sang it back. And, you know, like I had seen people sing David Ashley Parker. I would seen them sing it back. But when it's like front row to the balcony and they're singing it back, that was pretty unbelievable, man. That was like – and that was, that was that thing of sometimes it's really hard to see the progress, right? You know, like – you just I, I'm a I'm a head down like nose of the grindstone kind of guy. I just like to go play shows and work and work and work. I love to I love when the year flies by and I don't notice it. That's how I like to be. But those moments when you go like, oh damn, it is working. Like people are hearing it and not only hearing it but liking it. Uh, that was a special moment. And then Nashville got hit by a tornado. COVID happened and shit hit the fan. So that's the end of that. I hear you, man. I I literally signed my lease. To live downtown Chicago on March 1st or March 15th. Yeah, so, literally, the next like, weekend, we were all going out for St. Patty's Day and then the, the world ended. Yeah. So, that was a great, great time to be alive. Great time. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of David Ashley Parker, like, do you understand yeah. how cool of a song that is? Man, I, it's just, it's still, it's probably still one of my favorites, just purely from. I mean, everything about it's true. I mean, it's just my story of, of my fake ID. And, um, man, I that's that's cool when I hear people say that because I it it has kind of grown into that thing of a little bit of the underdog song in the sense of, like, you know, it went top 40, wasn't really hit on radio, but it's like that's the song that people always go like, that's my favorite song of yours. And, and for me, it's like, cool, I kind of carry it, you know, a little on the shoulder of like, yeah. That, I like that. That song was cool. You know, like people did like it. And um, I love hearing that, man, because it's it's definitely one of my favorites. And I couldn't think of a better way to really start my career than with the song that was just not only so about me, but so about where I come from. You know, I mean, there's a lot of Georgia in that song. So I was going to say, was that the first single you released? 
that was my first single. That, yeah, that was the first piece of music I ever put out. It was my first oh my God. radio, everything, yeah. Dude, the, the cojones on you to release a song as, like, the title, because you were giving shit about yeah. your long titles, David Ashley Parker from Powder Springs, like, and that's your first song, like, ooh, that's just, that's just so fucking cool, and yeah, I'm a huge fan of that song, and the fact that everything about it is true just makes it that much even better, and like you said, it's, it's not that like it's not that radio hit, but it's that song that someone will listen to and they're like, holy shit. And they'll send it to someone right away. Like, you need to hear this because there's a story behind it. And which right. are the best songs. That was yeah. I mean, that was the conversation we had about it was I think everybody knew that it was like special. But we were like, I mean, a hit on radio and and and, and punching through getting into that top 20, top 10. It's just a whole different ball game of things that have to line up and they don't man they don't they don't really always have to do with the song as a whole i mean it just has to do with certain elements of the song and that's okay man that don't bother me like i i get it i mean radio is a is a huge audience that's different from sometimes sometimes it's different from the people that come to your show and for me we knew there was a possibility it wasn't going to test well and that people weren't going to get it right off the bat but i wanted people to hear it and say who the hell is that? You know, like I want to go listen to more of his music. That was the most important thing to me about that song was just introducing people to me, you know? Yeah. The, like that song, like, I feel like is super cool to like literally anyone who ever had a fake ID. Well, yeah. It makes you think about your own story. Right. You know, so like how you got yours. When, <laughs> when I first heard that song, I literally sent it to the guy that I had his fake ID and I was like, dude, <laughs> Like you gotta listen to this song. <laughs> I love it, and of course, I had, I had the guy in the music video. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his name was Ashley David Parker. It wasn't David Ashley, but I was like, it's. I was like, the title's already confusing enough. I got to get a man's name, like a, like a, like a just a male name in front of it instead of like a like a boy and girl name. Right. I was like, yeah. it's called Ashley David Parker. People were like, was well, this about a girl or a guy? <laughs> so we went David Ashley. Um, that song is obviously a banger. All right, next one I want to hear about. Um, Heartbeat of a Small Town. Yeah, man, this was um, that's a song that I wrote. Uh, it was the first song I wrote with Red Akins. Uh, we, me and Red, have written a, a whole lot of songs together since then, and it was just a it was a title I had in my you know phone, and I I, I just I love where I come from, man. Like I love being from Middle Georgia. I love. <laughs> everything about the state, love everything about my hometown. And um, it's just kind of a, you know, an ode to that. I mean, just all the things that make it, you know, and I thought about the heartbeat being this kind of rhythmic thing that kind of lives through a lot of elements in everybody's, you know, upbringing and hometown. And for me, it was that heartbeat was, you know, the high school band at a Friday night game. It was, I mean, you know, it was the trash train that ran around in circles around my town that always made me late to school when it blocked off MLK Boulevard, you know, going to Warner Robins High. And just all those little things that you don't think much about until you kind of get away. And so we just we threw it all into a song and uh, that became it. You know, a lot of your music, which as a fan, I just simply appreciate. And I hope you like understand that your music does this, but it puts a picture in your head and like your lyrics paint a awesome picture of you know like especially after a few david ashley like i said it brings those moments back and then heartbeat of a small town it's like 
those who have been part of a small town, we immediately go back to our brains and like, it's like, yeah, we, we find our own heartbeat of what we think of is from our own small town. If that a hundred percent, man. And I mean, I feel like when, when people come up to me and they love David Ashley Parker, it's because realistically all of our fake ID stories are kind of the same, right? Like it's just about having that freedom too early, you know, and heartbeat of a small town. People are like, I see my, I see where I come from in that. It's because we kind of, I mean, things are different, you know, variables are different. Like some people from the mountains, some people from the beach, but like, dude, we all chased something that was similar, you know, and that was just wanting to be older, wanting a taste of what's new, you know, being 16, wanting to be 18, being 18, wanting to be 21. And I think those kind of, that kind of theme through everybody's life is what not only makes those songs connect, but really just country songs, man. I mean, the fact that you can listen to, George Strait, who's from Texas, and he's a cowboy, and we probably have literally nothing in common as far as, like, our our upbringing and what we love. But I related to so many of his songs because it's more about way deeper than just the stuff on the outside that I think people relate to in country music. And that's – I've just tried my damnedest to try and keep that going in my music. I was going to say, so when you're writing, do you try and focus just on, like – painting that true story of yours or are you more focused on how can I relate to my fans and listeners? Man, it just depends. I mean, I think it depends on the song. It depends on the idea. I mean, there's times like with a song called call it country that was on my last EP. I walked into the writing room and I said, I want this shit just to sound awesome on stage. I was like, I want, I want to write a show opener. I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. care what it says. I was like, I want this to like kick people in the teeth, you know? And that's like where that song started. You know, it was just more about like, I want to create something that would be awesome live. But for me, I do think it is the picture. I mean, especially, um, I just cut three songs um, about two weeks ago and just sang the vocals on them. And all three of them to me are, are picture painters in the sense of trying to convey a story with detail you know i think some of my favorite country songs are that i mean you know back to george Strait. i mean the chair like just you see the bar you see the guy you see the girl you know you see that whole thing playing out chattahoochee by alan jackson i mean the lyrics are i mean he says grape snow cone i mean what the (laughs) hell who think like the only you know the only way you get that is because it probably actually happened to him like he lived it he lived that moment, and when you you can see it in your head. Um, so, yeah, I definitely focus on that, I'd say, for the majority of the songs, is just trying to paint the picture of what's going on, and, uh, you know, physically and emotionally in the story. Um, last song I want to touch on, Tank of Gas and a Radio Song, another very long title, um, how to come about, and, like, it's it's – already in the title it's like the ultimate road trip song you know what i mean yeah i wrote that song with uh shane minor and nathan spicer uh two good buddies of mine and it's actually pretty funny i rolled up to the right and and shane minor is awesome man like he's written some he wrote beautiful mess for diamond rio and i mean he's had some great hits chilling it cole swindell um and we're talking in the parking lot and he goes man i want to I want, I'm going to get a song on your record. You know, he's like, I want to, we're going to write one that you're going to cut. 
And in my head, I'm like, God damn, it's a little pushy shame. Like, I'm a little, you know, I'm <laughs> let's just go write a song and hopefully it's, I'm going like, God dang, son. He's like, no, I'm going to get one on there. You're going to cut one. But that shame, like, that's how he rolls. And that's what I love about him. And I'll be damned if we didn't go in there and write Tank Gas and a radio song. We had, nobody had the idea. We didn't have the hook. What? Nothing. Like, we were totally starting from scratch. And really, I was just, you know, we probably talked for like an hour, hour and a half about songs and this and this. And finally, you know, I was like, what if we just write this super 80s nostalgic, like you close your eyes and you see neon, you know, neon colors, just like super 80s kind of like music, you know, Tracy Chapman, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I just threw out, what if it, I said, what if it was just simple, like Tank Gas and a radio song? And um, once we got the idea of like any good thing doesn't don't last long, like a tank of gas and a radio song. Once we got there, we we're like, oh shit, okay, we got it. Like this is this is a story about a guy and a girl. And um, hell, I think we wrote it pretty fast once we got all that. It just took a took about two hours to get get the idea. But yeah, it was that happens every now and then. Not often for me. I mean, usually I have a hard time writing if I don't have the idea. You know, if somebody doesn't have a title, you know, or something. It's it's tough. But that in that case, it worked. When you're in those like writing rooms and you're trying to piece something together, do you like? I'm pretty much going to ask: Are you sober or not? Or like, do you like drink to like chill out your mood? Do you smoke? Do you or do you just go in there and you're like, all right, I want to do this sober. I want to get it all done. Not really hard drugs. I'm mean, <laughs> no oxycotton. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super big pills. No, um, <laughs> no, nah, it's pretty. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a super sober thing for me. I mean, there's, okay. if I'm on like a writer's retreat, which is when, you know, a handful of writers and get in a, you know, truck or they fly to the beach and they kind of, they kind of hold up in a house and write songs. I mean, we do that. I'm definitely cracking beers, you know, at 10 right. or 11 because it's borderline vacation. But, um, but that those times honestly can be some of the most rewarding and yielding of great songs. I've been on writer's trips where I've been gone for six, seven days and we wrote 12 songs, you know, because oh you kind of get away from everything. You get away from distractions and you have no choice but to write, you know, and that that's really fun. Um, but as far as like when I'm writing in Nashville, you know, if it's a Monday or Tuesday, no, nah, I'm like, I'm up early making breakfast, thinking about what I want to write and, and, you know, trying to get focused that way. And the biggest thing I do now is, I don't try to force the expectation that like a song has to be done that day. Mm. I think that's a big thing that I definitely used to do when I was, you know, younger. And especially when I was writing every day, it was like, you gotta, we gotta turn out songs. We gotta turn them out. We gotta do this. And for me, man, I, I'm way more focused on quality than quantity these days. Like if I have an idea that I care about and I like, Shit, if it takes two times, if it takes three days to get it all figured out, I'd rather do that, you know, than to just force it out and it may not be perfect. So that's kind of where it's at for me. So short answer, yeah, I don't I'm, I don't really drink that much when I write unless we're at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to talk about uh, Travis Denning and Friends. Um, have you worked out with Kip Moore again? No, and I do not plan to ever again. <laughs> Yeah, that was, um, that was, you know, really that whole idea was just born out of boredness. 
You know, yeah. we went on the road and I was like, we got to think of something to do. And we kind of, one of my, somebody on my management team just was like, what if we did like a, like a variety show, but like, it's just kind of silly. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I, I came up with the title, Travis Denning and Friends Do Stuff. Cause I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. I was like, but that's what it's going to be. Um, the first idea we brainstormed was the Kit Moore workout. I was like, that's going to be perfect. And it ended up being one of the kind of last ones we filmed. But, um, I mean, dude, he is, he cracks me up so much because, you know, I like text him and I'm going like, you know, I'm, I'm buddies with Kit, but I don't talk to him every day. Right. You know, and, and he, you know, he's a buff dude. Yeah, like he's he mm-hmm. intimidating sometimes. <laughs> so we share the same publicist and she's like, look, just, just text him and tell him what you want to do. So imagine just you you cold text Kit Moore and you go, hey, I'm um I'm doing this thing called Travis Ding Friends Do Stuff. And I want <laughs> I want to work out with you. But I but I want you to like yell at me the whole time. I was like, it's just gonna be a funny thing. I didn't hear from him for like two days. I'm like, he's he's probably like, who what the hell is wrong? Whose number me? is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who the hell who is Travis getting? Yeah. <laughs> So finally he texts me back and he goes, all right, so you want to like, you work out and I just kind of cuss the shit out of you and we film it. I'm like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I want you to do. He's like, all right, cool. Let's do it next week. And dude, he nailed it. He was amazing. He like, di- he was directing it. He was like, I want you to do this and I'm going to say this. And he got into character so fast. I was like, dude, you should be an actor. You should act in the movie. He was so good. And it was easily my most favorite one we did because he was so incredible and uh it's been fun man i mean we um we definitely want to bring it back you know like i mean I, i've talked to like dustin lynch wants to do one john party wants to do one and we might we might try and get even out of country music a little bit Ooh. You know, might try and get some football players maybe some Ooh. NASCAR drivers or something so we just got to find the right time to do it and then we're going we're going to tear it up you absolutely need to bring it back. Um, I think it's hilarious. And I also just love when music artists branch out of music and they just try something new and do like we were talking to Wade Bowen and like the wisdom and knowledge and that guy we were like, you should be hosting a podcast, not us. Like your brain is insane. But um, yeah, kudos to you for doing that. We are big fans of it. Are, um, are you are you a big NASCAR guy? Yeah, that's where I was going to. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I, I I definitely keep up with it. I mean, I'm not head over heels following it like I do football, but I actually am playing the, the pre-race concert at Atlanta Motor Speedway in March, and I'm super fired up about it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, make some friends that are drivers. I mean, uh, MTJ is a great guy. Him and his uh, lady Sherry have been so awesome to me. I mean, Sherry is so awesome. Um, and uh, my boy Chase Elliott. Uh, great guy, Ryan Blaney. I mean, all just super sweet guys, you know. Um, Chase has come out of some shows in Atlanta before and had fun and stuff. And it's so it's so interesting going to a race and seeing how accessible everything is. Like, I mean, if you got pit passes, I mean, they're just walking around. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like I couldn't imagine going to a freaking Titans game and being able to walk up and be like, hey, Derek, go run well. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Don't worry about it. How's your mom? Everything good? You good? You know, like, it's so cool how they make it for fans, I think, you know, and I think it's just so much more approachable. So I'm pretty excited. 
Um, the the really cool thing is they they are giving us a suite for the race, Ooh. so we get like thirty tickets. So I texted all my redneck buddies back home, and I was just like, "I got about twenty tickets. You better tell me who's coming right now." <laughs> uh travis you need to we are uh jackson here told my tyler our producer and myself he's like you guys need to come to the indy 500 with us uh this year and it was last year and wow it was just four days of like you can imagine like just tailgating drinking and then the big race on sunday it was like the most amazing time it was incredible highly recommend I uh yeah me I remember that when me and my dad went to Talladega for the first time growing up and it was like it was so awesome dude it's like Randy Hauser did a pre race or uh, the night before concert like just so you got like killer music you know Dega Boulevard super fun everybody walking down I mean it's dude there any kind of race like that and I yeah. bet Indy five hundred is just even more insane for sure well you can't go wrong with fast cars and cold beer no oh so. yeah. Well, you can if you combine them sometimes. That's true. <laughs> well, that that's could be an issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's true. Uh, well, and also, like, the, the funny thing is, is, like, when we get to the race on Sunday, we're like, fuck. Like, these cars are so loud. <laughs> yeah. Like, because we've been drinking for four days. So we were like, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to need a beer and, like, a lot of water. An IV. A, a liquid IV. Yeah. An yeah, actual IV. Definitely- there's there's no shame in wearing the uh, earbuds because it is. I mean, it's. I remember my first race. I was like, I want to feel it, man. I, I want to feel it. In my bones. I didn't wear it, and it's just like you hear. For like, 15. <laughs> I mean, I had the worst tonight I'd ever had in my life after that. That's very true. That's very true. All right, Travis. So you are performing at Joe's on Wheat Street, February twelfth. Um, and it's your first time there. We are pumped. We will be there. We'll be screaming our heads off. Um, one, two, 27. How pumped are you? Definitely a 27.3. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up, man. It's such a fun town. And, um, you know, I, I know things are a little squirrely right now. People are still a little, you know, s- still on edge about, covid and stuff but man we're gonna we're gonna have such a blast man i can't wait and hopefully people will come out will you know take 90 minutes to forget about it you know and just enjoy the show absolutely dude it's going to be an amazing time um thank you for coming on to winnie city joe's it's been a blast talking to you um and we're looking forward to seeing you in the city man thank you guys man good to talk to y'all thank you